eternal God from the foundation of the world, you have set a plumb line to measure our lives so that we may live in truth. By the power of your Holy Spirit, show us the message from your word and strengthen us for doing justice, loving mercy, and walking humbly with you through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, today we have the second in our sermon mini-series on the prophets. Last week we focused on Ezekiel, today we'll consider Amos, and next Sunday we'll look at Jeremiah. After having a sermon on Ezekiel last week, lo and behold, our grocery store ran a special on something called Ezekiel 4-9 bread. Anyone had that before? Ezekiel 4-9, to refresh your memory, says, Take wheat and barley and beans and lentils, millet and spelt, which is a kind of flour, you know, Put them in a storage jar and use them to make bread for yourself. So I'm eager to see if this week the hardware stores will run a special on plumb lines. <laughs> well, as we read from the seventh chapter of Amos, starting at the seventh verse, remember that I challenge you to consider what each of these three prophets teaches us about God. Listen for the word of God. This is what he showed me. The Lord was standing beside a wall built with a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a plumb line. Then the Lord said, see, I am setting a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will never again pass them by. The high places of Isaac shall be made desolate, and the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste. And I will rise against the house of Jeroboam with sword. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent to King Jeroboam of Israel, saying, Amos has conspired against you in the very center of the house of Israel. The land is not able to hear his words. For thus Amos has said, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel must go in exile away from his land. And Amaziah said to Amos, O seer, go, flee away to the land of Judah, earn your bread there, and prophesy there, but never. Never again prophesy at Bethel, for it is the king's sanctuary, and it is a temple of the kingdom. Then Amos answered Amaziah, I am no prophet nor a prophet's son, but I am a herdsman and a dresser of sycamore trees. And the Lord took me from following the flock, and the Lord said to me, Go prophesy to my people Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O oh Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Any of y'all familiar with this book? Brown Bear, Brown Bear, what do you see? It's a children's book uh, by Bill Martin and colorfully illustrated by Eric Carl. Now this big one from the library is a nice hardback book, but the one Betty and I read over and over and over to our children and heard them read over and over and over to us. 
The one we had was a small one with sturdy, hard pages, and uh, basically it's a book foiled with lots of color and enough repetition to delight a small child and drive any sleep-deprived parent crazy. <laughs> I'll give you a little taste. Carl did this with, uh, he didn't paint these things, he painted paper and then cut the paper to make his illustrations. Brown bear, brown bear, what do you see? I see a red bird looking at me. Red bird, red bird, what do you see? I see a yellow duck looking at me. Well, you get the pattern. It goes on and on. And Jenny will tell you there's a teacher in there at the end, too. <laughs> well, the story we read in Amos today, that's the question Amos has asked. Amos, what do you see? Early in this chapter, the first thing he sees is locusts. Locusts were insects that could devour a crop and leave a people to starve. Amos pleads with the Lord, saying, Oh, Lord, forgive, I beg you. How can Jacob, that is the people of Israel, how can Jacob stand? He is so small. And God relented. In Amos' next vision, he saw fire consuming the land. And again he pled, Oh, Lord, cease, I beg you. How can Jacob stand? He is so small. And again God relented. Then Amos sees God standing beside the wall, built with a plumb line, the plumb line in his hand, and that's when God says, Amos, what do you see? And what he saw was a plumb line. This is Doug's. Every good mason and carpenter knows that a wall that is not straight will eventually fall. Now, plumb line is a simple tool. It's an ancient tool. It uses a weight and some string and the force of gravity to show you what is straight and what is not. Now you can go to the hardware store or online and buy a plumb line for as little as Amazon has them for eight dollars. They're not as fancy as either of these, but they work. Or you can buy a two hundred dollar laser leveling device. They all show you what's a basic straight line to guide the building of a wall or to spot one that's bound to topple. Now after his vision of the plumb line, Amos had an unpleasant encounter with Amaziah. Amaziah, you see, was the chief priest of Bethel, and Bethel was an important place. You may remember the story back in the 28th chapter of Genesis that tells that Bethel is where Jacob had a dream about what that familiar song calls Jacob's Ladder. More important than the ladder, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, had a promise for Jacob that all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring. It was at Bethel that Jacob had said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. Well, Old Testament names have meaning that sometimes helps us understand the story. Amos means burden bearer. And some of the people he was talking to thought of him as a burden for sure. 
he did not have the message they wanted to hear. His arch rival, the priest Amaziah, his name means Jehovah's mighty. Well, Amos was not a professional prophet. Remember what he told Amaziah, I am no prophet, nor a prophet's son. That is, he, and I hadn't been to prophet school or seminary or anything. I'm a, he said, I'm a herdsman, a dresser of sycamore trees. You might even say that Amos was a CLP, a commissioned lay prophet. He wasn't commissioned like I was by Presbytery. He was commissioned by Almighty God. And he said, the Lord took me from following the flock, and the Lord said to me, go prophesy to my people Israel. Well, Amos wanted God's people to straighten up and fly right. He wanted them to have a right understanding of and a right relationship to God, walking humbly with God, doing justice, loving mercy, and avoiding what was a problem then and still is, abuse of widows, cruelty to the poor. Now, perhaps you've heard Amos quoted along the way saying, let justice roll down like the waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Amos prophesied in the time of two kings who ruled much of the first half of the 8th century B.C., Uzziah and, jo and Judah, the southern kingdom, and Jeroboam the second in Israel, the northern kingdom. It was a time of unprecedented wealth and power and prestige. You might say they were fat and happy as a nation. Some have described the role of prophets and the job of the church, for that matter, as working to afflict the comfortable and to comfort the afflicted. And Amos fit that description well. But Amaziah, he did not like Amos, and he did not like his message, not one little bit. He saw it as treason. So first, he tattled, I mean, reported to Jeroboam, king of Israel, saying, Amos has conspired against you in the very center of the house of Israel, and the land is not able to hear all his words. For thus he said, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel must go into exile. Then Amaziah told Amos to get out of Dodge. Amos, uh, Amaziah said to Amos, O seer, go, flee away to the land of Judah, earn your bread there, and prophesy there, but never prophesy at Bethel, for it's the king's sanctuary and the temple of the kingdom. Well, you remember, he was the chief priest of this big temple at Bethel, so you would expect him to say it was the temple of the Lord. But maybe what he said was actually more accurate. It had become the temple of the king. Yeah, I know it, it's our custom to refer to Berea as our church. But we need to never forget it's not our church, it's God's church, and we are God's people. So Amaziah treats Amos like an outside agitator, someone who's to be deported, to be sent back down to Judah, where he came from. And lest we be too quick to judge Amaziah, we'll think about how we might respond to a prophet who said our national leaders were gonna be killed by the sword and we were about to be sent off into exile in a foreign land. 
we wouldn't be a lot happier about that message than he, Amaziah was. Well, Amos is not the only prophet to have had visions involving a plumb line. The second chapter of Zechariah, the prophet sees a man with a measuring line in his hand who's taking the measure of Jerusalem. Think about this. If our country, if our state, if our church, if our family, if the plumb line were held up to our lives, how would you and I be judged? But wait, you say, I don't want to be judged. I don't like being judged. I don't like that idea. Well, think about the things that Amos said anger God. Cruelty angers God because God's heart is set on <coughs> kindness. Oppression stirs God's wrath because God's will is for humanity, for us, to live in peace. God gets angry with everything that mars, that ruins life, that spoils life. Strife, cruelty, war, oppression, all that damages our well-being and happiness. So what are, your, what are your plumb lines? What standards do you hold yourself up to? Some people try the Ten Commandments or at least the golden rule, or then that other perfectly straight wall of a life was the life of Jesus. What standards do you hold yourself to? Christian, Christian, what do you see? Thanks be to God. Go out into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Return no one evil for evil. Support the weak. Help the suffering. Honor all people. Rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Go in peace. <coughs> to love and serve the Lord.